0: What's good, everybody? We have with us today, Mr. Legends. Fucking super talented dude that we're going to learn a story about. It's good to have you here, sir. Welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. And basically, it is the interview show where we go through the story of your life and try to extract all the knowledge nuggets we can to like better yeah. enhance our understanding of life and reality. <laughs> um, With that... I would love to just get the ball rolling and find out, cause it's gonna make sense with the first real question. Where were you like born, and where did the early part of your life start?
1: Well, I was born right here in Montreal. You know what I mean? Born and raised, Plateau. You know, came up from there. You know. Awesome. And uh, yeah, that's 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 basically where where I started, where I started from.
0: Amazing. So that matters for this next question. Uh, it's a little bit of a story you know run through the little thing when i'm done you can kind of take it and we'll answer it we'll start we'll get the ball rolling with the proper conversations but i'll starts with my girlfriend and she's washing the dishes and she's got her speakerphone playing over there and she's got that black eyed piece song going to, i got a feeling Ooh. she's vibing she's dancing she's doing a thing i'm looking at her and i'm like hold up when did this song become dishes music right like she puts it on when she's doing the dishes. People put the shit on when they're exercising, when they're doing chores and shit. Like, when did this song become that? And I was like, that's crazy to me, right? Because if you think about this particular track, run it back about 10 years. Everybody in the clubs and shit, super drunk, dancing, fucking, it's the highlight of the night song. Everybody's having a great time. Every DJ playing it. It's a completely different vibe in our lives. And then 10 years goes by, and now it's chores music. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy, right? Cause the song, the song doesn't change, but the relationship that we all have with the song evolves so much just because of the circumstances of where we're at in life. Which got me thinking about like, all them little ones dancing to Cardi B and whatever. They have no idea that ten years down the line they're gonna be washing dishes to that shit. And as I told this story, I found out that people right now be washing dishes to that because club music just is chores music, depending on where the fuck you're at with life. I'd like to say music evolves over time. Our relationships evolve over time. And when we think about ourselves and our musical journeys, most often when people do these interviews and we talk to each other, everything starts in that adolescent phase. Like we're teenagers. We like this song. We like that. We start rapping here or there. But really, if we think about musical journeys it's more than the hip-hops and the raps and when we started doing it. it has everything to do with everything we've ever listened to since the moment that we're born so really we should be running that shit all the way back to as early as we can remember like for me i can remember being like four or five years old my dad's got all these gray boxes the fucking amplifier, the radio, the tape deck with the wires going up to the speakers and shit. And you'd be running these Led Zeppelin tapes and other such shit in the day and at night. It was like MC Mario and the technos. And my mom's has like fucking discos and shit like that. And anyway, all I have to say, like, there's all these different sounds and technologies and things that were all around when I was growing up that were all kinds of shit. I had no control over it, but I still had to listen to it. I can remember car rides or whatever. So I was hoping that you could bring us back to the youngest legends that you could remember being and tell us what it sounded like to be you before you had any control over the shit.
1: Like like you're talking about music, genres and all that?
0: Well just like whatever, you know, your parents vibe too. Like the just sounds of your childhood and shit.
1: Oh, my sounds of my childhood is, <laughs> I used to I used to listen to uh, you know the you know song, This is the rhythm of the night, you yeah. know? All of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so like my mom my mom used to be Kind of, kind of, kind of like what you explained. Like, like all the all the old school tunes. All the you know, the Prince. Prince was very heavy uh, back when I was a youth. Um, like uh, all all those, old Mac Morrison, Return of the Mac. You know what I mean? All the all these guys. So this this is what I this is what I grew up on, which is not what I rap about now because obviously things things change. But those those the the old classicals, I like could call them. So it was like a, what I, what
0: I so you kind of had like a, a musical vibe growing up, because believe it or not, everybody answers this different. Everybody's childhood's kind of different, right? So it's people like you know, it's almost like they get to see a little glimpse into where it all really starts. So you start hearing these things, they got a vibe. So if you listen into this dancey kind of rhythms, you make this dancey kind of vibe. Now it totally just kind of even has a connection, even if it's completely different.
1: It's all about age too, you know what I mean. If you're older you, you vibe to more to more classical things if you're if you're like younger you know it's more like nowadays type stuff so yeah, genres change you know
0: that's true but when you were young were you like interested in singing and stuff and dancing and all that were you like or were you kind of more motivated by other things in life
1: well uh like when i was young man like tell you the truth like we my fam, i come from a big family right Um, most of my, most of my cousins who are older were always rapping, they were always, like, into, like, into these music, uh, like, doing, they were always doing music, per se. Um, so, where I came from basically is, like, I would just remember parties, you know what I mean, Friday parties. I would have my cousins come over and then we'd all just go in the room and start freestyling. Obviously, I was too little, so I would just sit back and, you know, take it in like a sponge and you know what i mean so so i grew up i grew up off listening and and uh i actually got motivated by music from my cousins like to to start doing something you know like yo, serious about
0: huge it. so many people don't even encounter an environment like that till like way later on in life sometimes i listen to people and i hear like a certain degree of like yo this guy's got like Like a skill level here that maybe not everyone's going to recognize based off of longevity, based off of a lot of practice. And if you're saying that way since you were young, you were up in these rooms with other people that were more ingratiated in the culture exposing it to you at such a young age, that's fucking cool. Like that's worth noting.
1: You know that's 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 just being up late at night. You know what I mean. That that but that's having a big family as well because I have, I have a lot of cousins. You know, around around the same age or a little bit older or, or a lot older. You know what I mean. But everyone was so musically like uh, musically invested that that's what they used to do. You know what I mean. That was our fun, because obviously back in back in them days there was there was like there was Nintendo, but there wasn't no like you know what I mean YouTube and all that. We yeah. used to we used to freaking record off a of cassette. You know play and record you know put the cassette in and just <laughs> that's how we used to record our our, our, our like freestyles.
0: yeah that's amazing though cool. and i just think people need to hear about these experiences right because um it adds context right the idea of the show is to bridge the gap so everybody tells their story and then we start to see all the things that are similar but we also start to see some of the things that have changed like yo let's be real a lot of people today don't know the struggle that a lot of people had to go to almost like a meme but on the other hand of it right a lot of people don't understand how deep the kids are going with things and don't see what their reality is so like in a sense it kind of is good to hear these stories and to see how early people can even get invested in this right because sometimes you have these perceptions where like yo nobody does anything when they're a kid or what now nah, a lot of people, high exposure to it when they're young so like the parents listening and shit can be like okay let's let the kids do their thing musically you know
1: <laughs> well i mean look uh like if to that like like it wasn't it wasn't every day like you know what i mean we're in the room there freestyling. i mean it was uh, when it was you know what i mean like like you're, if you're talking about exposure 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 this is like freestyling is different than than like Exposing yourself to doing music professionally, you know what I mean?
0: For sure. So, but it's still, so we'll, it still gets yeah, you right. like into the process in a way. A lot of people enter by yeah, different yeah, paths yeah, yeah. and it kind of got you excited at a really young age is what I'm understanding. Even yeah. if you couldn't do it yourself at that point. So when do you like elevate to a point where you're able to start freestyling and you start doing your own thing?
1: Well, that's it so uh, after after us uh, after uh, being the sponge and and, and soaking him everything that my cousins give me you know then then obviously when you get older you're like okay you know let's put on an instrumental and then let's see what I could do it started alone in my room you know because I, I was too shy to do it in front of my cousins because they were so good so it just started in my room I used to record my my little songs I used to just do my little one two freestyles little lines you know listen back to it and then when I heard it was really good I was like, okay, you know, like let, let me let me see how, how where 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 else I could take this, you know? But yeah, man, it 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 all starts like it's like from a little seed, you know, you grow. You start to grow with it. Just like the gym. When you're starting when you're starting to do your workouts, you don't get really motivated until you see some gains. Right. And then you go hard with it.
0: But even that, um, you still started this at a point where you're getting gains, and that was an important thing. You know, you didn't just record a song one time, walk up. Now you took the time to practice it, to, like, actually evaluate it, yeah. and to grow with it. How old were you, do you think, when you started, like, actually doing it yourself?
1: I would say uh, 15, 15, 14, 15.
0: Yeah, it's fresh. So you basically yeah. watch it going on, you get into the high school era. Is there like in your high school some kind of like a freestyle culture going on? Are there people battling around? Is that kind of thing happening?
1: It was very it was very it was very vague. like the freestyle thing was very vague. like uh, no, I went to Westmount, you know what I mean? I went to Westmount High. very fair. Uh, <laughs> very fair. yeah, so there wasn't really there wasn't really too much uh, freestyling going on there, you know yeah until until after when i went to james ling and uh, you know then then there was kind of like a a little thing going on but still very like very flat line
0: that's fair i went to wager there was a little bit of freestyling sometimes that would happen at wager um but uh still just to understand how the culture is um so you're basically doing the songs you show it to your cousins does that go over well
1: when I show it to my cousin, yeah, they're always supportive, you know? That's of, oh, that's a banger, that's a banger, that's this. But it weren't songs, they were freestyles.
0: Right, freestyles. That you is know? a very fair distinction. Um all right, so what kinda after you start doing this, do you well how how does it kind of evolve for you? Do you like just kind of keep working at it like that through high school? Do you get to a point where you start showing other people and performing and shit? Or is it kinda like
1: Well yeah, then, then basically um, I mean, look. Uh, after, after, after you you're, you're starting to do it. Then, then you want to. Then, when you know that you're good enough, you want to start to show it to people. So you know, you keep a little cassette with you or a little little Walkman or something with your thing there. You show them, you know, just play it to people. See how people are are vibing to it. You know what I mean? Because you have to you have to before you before you you want to go on a on a main on a main platform and show your shit to the world. You have to you have to know that you have a little bit of uh, something going on. You know. So until I was sure about a track, I wouldn't keep that in, in the Walkman. You know what I mean? I wouldn't keep that track. in a, I, I would only show them the ones that I thought that were good enough to show to people.
0: So yo, that's actually serious, though. So you would walk around, and this is just like on a... I never thought of this before. You would take like a tape of all the demos you made, like walk around the school or whatever, and just be like, yo, check this out, and get like a pulse yeah. of what actually was hot or not. Kind of like how dudes would be showing poetry. Basically. Yeah, that's actually a very innovative way to approach the shit back in the day before smartphones.
1: Well, a lot of a lot of people were there, were there they were they had their little CDs. They were selling their CDs on the streets, you know, $5 here, $5 there, you know what I mean? So, we all had we all had different ways back back then. But that was that was my sort of way to to do it cuz I I didn't have the money to go and make CDs, you know what I mean, to be giving them out for $5. That way that wasn't my my vibe at that time, you know.
0: Right. So, um, I guess you kind of pursue that for a little bit and, uh, how does it evolve to the next like step or like, is it cause, uh, does high school end or whatever?
1: Well, high school ended, you know what I mean? After that it was just, uh, basically going to going to studios, not to make, not to make professional tracks, just to like fuck around. You know what I mean? Like, uh, do a one, do a one, two tracks, see how it sounds. And then, um, like, uh, when I went, when I started to do it like professionally, uh, that's a that's a whole other story. That that's when I met my manager, you know, Brian, as we, as you're we saying, and uh, you know, from there from there it took off.
0: So how do you end up meeting Brian then?
1: So um, what happened was um, after high school, whatever I was there just going going to jobs, you know, job job. You know, you get calling interviews to get jobs or whatnot. So I called this one call center. Uh, it was it was him. You know what I mean? He he was on a call center at that time. I called him, I was like, yo, da-da-da-da, uh, he's like, okay, da-da-da, we were talking about the job, yada-yada, okay, meet me here, go to this place. So I, so I met this guy uh, going, going to a job interview, right? Um, I went upstairs, whatever, we sat down, we started talking, and um, basically he was the manager and I was just like an employee at the time, you know? And I used to, at lunch, I used to just write lyrics, like all over my papers, right? And I guess after one day, uh, I left. I left the office, but I left some of my lyrics on the on the table, right? And he would go around and pick up the papers, and then I guess he he read he read one of my lyrics. He's like, "Oh, this is pretty good," you know what I mean? And uh, from there, he told me that he had a studio. You know, I told him I knew how to rap, this and that, and then uh, you know, he set up the studio for me. Like he said, he well, he already had a home studio, but he set it up to so that we could actually do tracks on it and, and make like make make some craft there
0: you know yeah it's serious it's like you have no idea what people do in this place like you can you can have somebody on your facebook you can see them post shit and you can literally have no idea who the fuck they are like i've had this brian guy on my facebook for a long time now i don't know how long at least a year all i knew is he made food that is the only thing i knew about this guy is he posted food pics for a while videos and i was like damn that looks delicious but i'm never in Vill san Laurent no more so i'm not really going by there because life and that was all i knew about him and now I just like finding out the guy's got a studio i'm like hold the fuck up like you just man there's so much in this city dude it just blows my you fucking know, mind know, sometimes
1: you know what bn stands for i do not brian brian Iranian. so what happened was uh, the story is not done what happened was um even before his restaurant, right? Uh, what happened was, um, whatever, so we got, we got to talking. Uh, he, he actually, for me, because he, he believed in me and believed in my craft and what I was showing him and the songs that we were doing in the studio, he actually paid and made his own record label in Montreal, BN, BN Music. So this, this is a, a certified uh, like record label, right? He signed me to the record label. I'm the only artist on the label, right? And uh, and from there, uh, fuck, uh, you know, he paid for me to go to, like, Atlanta. He paid for me to go to California. uh paid for me to go to Texas. Uh, and uh, just because he believed in me, he paid. And he also paid for these features with these artists, you know, well-known and established artists. So, you know, shout-out to Brian, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's serious, hey? Eh? Because, like... I just i think that's interesting that you even have a manager and that you went down that path because it's like as an independent artist I talk to a lot of independent artists that don't have managers and I'm not gonna lie going through their youtubes is not quite the same experience as going through your youtubes where there's actually a lot of different places there's some really like interesting videos like just because of the fact you're in compton in this one you're in Jamaica in that one you're in all these different places you just and it's always a video and it's always like a certain degree of production quality. And like, you know, some of these view accounts are just like, yo, that's actually kind of high. Like how, how is he, how is he pulling this all off? You know? And the reality is if you have a manager, somebody that's in the back end kind of running that shit, who's going to be watching it, figuring out all the things. I mean, that's the answer to the question, right? Like at you the know, end of the day,
1: I, I got lucky because like, uh, what a lot of people, what a lot of people don't have is, um, like they will have a team, but they won't have somebody that's gonna put the money behind them. You know what I mean? I was I was blessed that Brian had his studio there, and uh, you know what I mean. We we like at first we had no no engineer. Like it was just the studio us. You know, we would press, record, run in the booth. You know what I mean? Come out of the booth, press stop. You know what I mean? And, and fuck around with tracks like that until we got our producer got our own beats you know what I mean like you know what I mean then, then we then we had a team so it was me Brian and Steve, Steven Oliver you know what I mean I, I don't know if you have him on, on, on Facebook but shout out to him you know because he, he's the one that 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 put the beats together and then we then we kind of built a team so I had I had a team and I had somebody that was putting money behind me so I was actually blessed to have that you know still do but blessed blessed at that time for that to actually be you know my vibe and how I was going on with things.
0: I appreciate that you're uh, you're appreciative of the blessings of the situation, but it actually does just present options for artists, right? Like, how many artists don't even bother to seek out these things? Don't look for funding, don't look for people who might be down for it. Don't even consider it as a viable situation. People act like it's impossible, as I guess what I'm saying. Yet, you met Brian on a call center, and boom. that's it. I personally have had amazing opportunities birthed out of fucking call centers in this city myself. Every call center I've ever seen or heard of is full of people of music because half the people in music end up working in call centers here. So it's like, just such a melting pot of opportunity. And the fact that, you know, like just off of having some lyrics that you accidentally left out or whatever, boom, turned into a whole thing. I mean, yeah, that part, okay, that's a little lucky. I'm not gonna lie. But, like, the fact that it could even happen is just, you still took the leap of faith. How many people might have faced an opportunity like that then and decided, nah, I'm not interested because I don't even think you're real. You're just trying to scam me or some bullshit. Exactly. That,
1: that, I, could, I could have been like that, too, because he didn't have his, his record label. He didn't have a, he, he had a studio, you know? And the thing, and the thing with, with that before is because he used to manage an artist that ran off, with with the music that he that he did and all and all the production that that, that he made with that artist. So even before he where he, he found my paper, I used to tell him, I used to be like, uh, cause I heard him talk about music on the phone with one of his friends, I don't even know who he was talking to. And I was trying to tell him, yo, listen, me, I rap too, you know, like I, I could do this, I could do this rap thing. And I at the at the beginning times he didn't want to hear nothing about it because he was already discouraged about the last dude that he was managing, this and that. He never wanted to hear anything about rap, anything until he picked up that paper and seen that the shit that I was writing was, you know, wasn't ordinary, you know, it was something, it was something, something to go with.
0: Yeah, that's serious stills, man. I appreciate that just because like, again, the fact that it exists means that moving forward, nobody can say that that doesn't happen here because it happened. No, you can't. Anything okay. happens and a <laughs> lot of
1: things do happen, when you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, out of the ordinary shit happens when you're not looking for it mm. but when you're kind of looking for shit you know it's it's kind of yeah kind of big but
0: i was just talking to a guy yesterday who put it a little different he said when you him and his boys used to go out trying to find girls and they were thirsty they were not getting girls but over time they evolved their tactics and stopped being so thirsty with it And then they were able to pull things like being broke as fuck and walking out with multiple ladies. And it's all about the attitude and the energies that you put out into the universe and shit. And I do think a lot of people come off a little bit thirsty. And it does maybe come off in a way that's whatever. But when you have organic opportunities that you create... The fact is, like you still had to have been brave enough to be sitting there and writing lyrics in public right that means that like all of these things play into it which meant that you've been doing this you're comfortable doing this people probably know you're doing this motherfuckers probably told him you're doing this beforehand so he's aware you're doing you know like all of these pieces have probably played into it so i like the fact that you created the opportunity even if there was a luck factor attached to it and that's just kind of the importance of that stills But with that, you guys start working on it, and then all of a sudden you have all these crazy travel opportunities, and you start seeing all these different places. What's it like being in all these places and working on music? Like, what are the different vibes like? Because none of us, most of us, I would say, have not been able to go to different cities and experience different cultures. And I guess, what could we all benefit from your experiences in these places?
1: Uh, It's just, uh, it's how you handle yourself, I mean, Look, uh, like uh, let's let's talk about Atlanta. Atlanta is a totally different place. Like the music scene there is everyone everyone's willing to help you, and if and it, and and they're willing to get you to the next level. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how can I explain it? Like um, when I went to when I went to uh, to Atlanta, it was to do it was to meet Prince Inc. I don't know if you know Prince Inc. And it was to meet Walk a Flock of Flame. I know you know waka i I know know you uh, jimmy rocket etc his his artists whatnot so yeah so basically uh i don't know it's it let's just put it this way it's a different it's a different world you know what i mean it's a different world. In, in, when I was doing the track with Jimmy Rocket, you know, I, I it wasn't the same as recording in Montreal because obviously you have people looking at you. You have you have Waka Flocka sitting there in the studio. You know, you don't want to fuck up, and you're and you're just a boy from Canada. You know what I mean? So you're you you know who these guys are. You know, so yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like you have to prove yourself, but you don't have to try too, too hard because everybody that's in the room already believe in you. You know what I mean? It's like it's like they're rooting for you. Mm. It's like they'll put in their input because I had a lot of producers when I was when I was in the studio. I'd just be sitting there. I'd be I'd be you know what I mean? I'd be I'd be looking for ideas or or I would say something something out of line and no one would put in their input. You know what I mean? There if if, if they hear something that they that they would like to hear, they'll be like, yo, 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 come try this way. You know what I mean? Try, you know, and it, that that that's where it, that's where it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't, a lot of people in Montreal don't have, uh, they don't have input to put, like, they don't have input. So, basically. I've talked that's to, that's
0: what I feel. I've definitely talked to a few people. For one thing, it must be a trip to get creative input from Waka Flock of Flame. Like, honestly, I went from, like, being like, what the fuck is this guy's sure, music to being like, I think Waka's one of the few guys I'd currently pay money to go see. And I'm fucking sad his shits on a Saturday because all of my Saturdays are booked with interviews but he's coming to Montreal or Laval or wherever the fuck it is. Oka, I don't know. One of these places around Montreal and it's fucking dope. But like, that must be a crazy experience just to to see that.
1: Yeah, man. It, it it's a crazy experience just to be in the same room with the guy, you know what I mean? It's it's just the the experience, you can't beat that experience. And then and then there's there's also Texas. When you go to Texas, you're there, you're meeting you're meeting Sauwaka. You're meeting Peso Peso. You have all these high end artists there, like, like, you know what I mean? Like right behind you or right beside you. It's, uh, you know, it's so overwhelming sometimes, you know, Com- Compton is different. You have, um, Glasses Malone. He, he, he had a song with, I think, little Wayne and, um, little Wayne and Birdman. He signed to them, I think even. And, uh, yeah, for, for there, it's like, I got invited to go to Compton and it was, and you know, who does, you know, who do, who does these deals? brian because he can't cross the border because he has a criminal record oh shit so he he pays for me to go there and he does the business over the phone that's why he's a gangster you know what i mean he's doing it over the phone like yo that's i don't think much people could do that man you know
0: nah it takes a certain degree of swag to be over the phone salesman i'm but not the
1: call center that's the call center working.
0: You see, that's <laughs> So, yo, what I'm hearing is rappers need to invade call centers to find salesmen to be their managers. Yo, that sounds really <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, if you if you talk about my story, yeah, man.
0: No, nah, I'm talking about. I look when I listen to people's stories, I go, "What the fuck is replicatable here?" Right? Like, because everybody has a story. Maybe we all don't meet a Brian who's as good as Brian, but I, yo, the call center grants my life like the last 11 years of my life has been attached to a call center in some way i could tell you one thing having the right salesman on your fucking corner that dude will sell anything to anyone and get you deals and i am not that guy i know that i'm a customer service motherfucker, which is not sales it's a very different world <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'll keep the money i don't just for those that i keep the money i don't get the money kind of thing so but Yo, let's say you're sitting there, and you're a rapper, and you're like, yo, I need to go meet a person, cause yo, one thing I realized is people are really bad at, like, and myself included. I had to learn this lesson the fucking hard way. You actually have to leave your damn house and go places to meet people, right? Like, it's it's even though with the internet, you still kind of have to put effort in there too, whether you're combing hashtags and shit. So let's say you're really stuck. Boom, go get a job at a minimum wage call center. You'll find somebody. Somebody will be there that is useful to your yeah. life, like if you really got nothing to do. And I never thought of that before as like a viable strategy for a musician to take. That I'm gonna recommend. Oh, you're bored? Go work in a call center for three weeks. You'll find a producer or some shit. I promise. There's always a producer. There's always a somebody in a call center. I mean, that. Not... Yeah,
1: I just a call. just came. And I just. Yeah, no worries uh...
0: about it, man. Nah, um. So that's still pretty fucking big with it. But yeah, the other thing that you brought up was the producing. Um, I think a lot of people got language twisted. Maybe it's a language thing because it's Quebec or whatever. But people confuse beatmaker and producer as the same occupational role. And they're not really. Like a beatmaker oh, yeah. is a guy who composes the beats. And a lot of the engineers are beatmakers. Even an engineer. Like I've become a recording engineer that's a motherfucker that hits control R and stops it and maybe slides some shit around. That's the extent of what I bring it. That's a recording engineer. Right. So it gets real specific in this. A producer is a decision maker. Ultimately, the producer is like the director of the song and the rapper is like the actor of the song. Right. And there's not a lot of people playing that producer role up in the city. And I was talking to this young one and he was like, bro, there's no producers. That's why there's no sound. And I'm like, Ooh, that's a good point. There's no like direction happening for all these artists. So like, there's no mark of That's it. So you touched on that before, and I was like, "That's a really nifty fucking point that he made." Because um, to be fair, my my engineer tried to produce me for a minute, and I was like, "Fuck you! I want to do what I want." And that was a stupid my attitude. And then I had to get over it and realize engineers know more to me about music probably. Um,
1: but, but the thing is, the thing is like. It... Look, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, just put the um, the producer, which is the the beat maker, as the engineer. You know what I mean? Because like, that that's what we did. We had we had Steez basically as the beat maker. He wasn't he wasn't an engineer, but he learned to be an engineer. You know, with the record and this and that. And that's why at the beginning of my of of this journey that I went on, uh, this musical journey, it basically my sound my sound wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't where it needed to be you know so now now the 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 music that i'm making is i actually found uh, a producer like uh, and a beat maker he's both
0: yeah no that's fair man um so yeah basically you are you're bopping all over doing the videos do you do a lot of performing shows as well
1: yeah yeah basically um in montreal i probably i did le sang i did uh I did Lasanque. I did. I did a whole bunch of clubs there. The Jet Nightclub, um, the Belmont, uh, Devon Orange. You know the, the the normal Montreal spots where they usually have a one two venue. Um, in in uh, in Atlanta, there there's a few venues that uh, that I've done. And um, basically, uh, my last show that I was supposed to have, which was supposed to be the big one, was going to be with um, Peso Peso and Sosa Man. And that was going to be in New York, New York. That would have been one of my biggest, biggest shows. It was, it was happening in March, and it happened right after I came back from California, and I was supposed to go back to New York, New York in March, which didn't happen because COVID hit right around March, March that time, and uh, I couldn't cross the border, and that's when everything went, <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, it's it's definitely... <laughs> for
1: everybody basically.
0: I I had a pretty good run over COVID. It turned out that shutting down the world made everybody be willing to go on Zoom, which made my life a lot easier, believe it or not. Outside of that, I totally hear you. That was the one benefit for me. And work from home, huge blessing. I don't know about everyone. I know a lot of people got fucked over, occupationally speaking, but I stopped having to go to the office, and that worked out to approximately 10 extra hours a week.
1: Well, there you go. Now you got your thing here, you know, set up
0: and uh but yeah the live environment just kind of died and a lot of things kind of died and now it's all like reopening again in a weird frame it's
1: coming back it's coming back that's what i'm happy about
0: i think it's gonna be like a lot stronger one thing i think happened in montreal over the last year is that a lot of people got over themselves because like you're by yourself in a room for a year you kind of like you learn how to talk to people maybe again because you kind of have no choice and i've noticed a lot of people are friendlier I'm not saying everybody everything, but there's a lot more like love that I see flowing around than I've ever really seen before, and it makes me fucking really encouraged for like the future where things are going on with it. but like do you see yourself jumping back into the traveling and shit as soon as possible?
1: Oh yeah, of course, of course, I just need to get a you know the vaccines there, they want you to get a vaccine. I need to go back to traveling because that's that's where the bread and butter is. Like you can make you can make so much money in Montreal, which is really not, you know. But when you do a show down there, you know they they want thirty minutes and you're getting a thousand dollars for thirty minutes. You're like wow, you know.
0: Yo, so for real. So you can yeah. basically head down to something like in an Atlanta, and just like get paid enough performing to finance the trip.
1: Of course, like. <sighs> you, it, it, you know what's fucked up about that is because here, if you if you if you if you link up, let's say um, a mandem from a club or whatnot, and you ask them, listen, uh, like you try to set up your venue, right? They're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna take the bar, or they're gonna want you to sell a certain amount of tickets, or guarantee a certain amount of people to to come in with the states and with Toronto and all that. It's so different because um, there's enough people that are already gonna fill up the venues. And just to have anybody, like any artist there, it'll, it'll, it'll make the venue a little bit more, you know, more exciting than what it is. So, ma- so managers and, and bar owners are happy to have artists come in their, you know, their venue and, and do a live show for them.
0: So fucking well You know,
1: and, and it, like, like, you, you don't even have to try hard. Oh, can, can I have a, can I have a show? Oh, no, we don't have time for, uh, we don't have time in this so but I'm going to book you in for this day. Can you do it this way and that's why it's easy to make tours in the states because ev- like everyone's so welcoming to have you there it's like you could set up let's say five shows five shows in in that in in that one you know in in, in that state just like it, it, it's easy to make a tour is what i'm saying that's why you, you see you see the artists with like they have a they have a show in like uh, albuquerque then uh, you know what i mean like goes go they, they have the down list and there's always like at least 10 or 15 shows like it's, it's very, it's very easy. It's, it's very different. You know, you don't have to sell tickets to nobody to, to make sure that there's going to be people there cause there's already people there. And, and if they're feeling, they're feeling your vibe, they're going to buy drinks. Right.
0: And in theory, <laughs> as long as you show up and all these places is legit and you're getting paid proper, you just need to cover your overhead to go down and you're going to make everything back as you do your tour. So exactly. in effect, and, but if
1: you're not trying, if you're only going to places to sit in a freaking uh, resort right you're not gonna make nothing there's some people that just go down there They was okay so it's about rap business but then they don't they don't they don't go and explore you know you just told me i can get
0: paid to perform if i actually put some effort into getting booked down there i'm like exactly yo bro my my aunt lives in nashville if i go to nashville i have a free house and you know what i'm saying like i'm like wait a second That's huge. I never even thought about it like that. That's that thing maybe where Montreal kinda gets clipped, I think, is we don't really believe it's possible until somebody like goes, yo, it's possible. I did it. And you're like, oh shit. Wait, I can go do that. There's no there's really no good reason why we can't contact random anybody, ass man. bars in fucking whatever city and be like, yo, you do shows. I'm from Montreal. I wanna head down there. How would
1: you- They like they like when you're from Canada. They like it believe it or not they like it because it's a different type of vibe for them it's a different it's a different type of uh type of genre that they think that you're gonna bring in but it's good because of that because not a lot of people know about canada well they do well now because drake and weekend and all that but you say montreal they think it's different you know
0: (laughs) yeah man that's that's a huge that's one of the nicest knowledge nuggets we've gotten honestly i say that sometimes a lot but like in this case, you directly told a bunch of people how they could action a plan that would get them all paid. And there's no reason why say four or five of us can't pull resources together and figure out a way to hit up these spots and do like Canadian invasion tours and shit like that. Like,
1: what- well, this is the question. Why can't you?
0: Honestly, I never thought of it before you said, it. you know, this is belief of it, right? Honestly, yeah. that's what happens. Once somebody tells me, I did
1: it. Hey, I did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you- I, I, I'm the richest person. You know what I mean? I, i'm I'm okay but you know what i mean I, if I could do it, anybody could do it, and you know what i like I would like to see more more people from Montreal make it because I'm not greedy i like if someone wanted to roll with me and come and talk to the people that I talk to and come in, come along man you know yeah, I sweet. like to share this stuff. like I, I I'm one of those people that i I collab with anybody even if i even if I became even more bigger than I am now i'll collab I'll collab with somebody that has two hundred followers under Instagram. I, I don't care. You know what I mean? It's, it's,
0: yeah, that's humble as fuck though. Stills. I, I, I have no,
1: I have no, I have no cares into, into hogging, hugging success because if you do collab and if you do invite people into your circle, you're going to, you're going to benefit from it. No doubt. Like no matter what you're going to benefit.
0: I um, definitely agree with you. I've, uh, personally benefited a lot from adding people into the quest, making it a bigger group of, of like-minded individuals and shit, but, yo, I never thought about getting, because nobody's ever set a thousand dollars for, like, a thirty minute set before, like, I guess it's like when you hear it, like, so tangibly, like, hold the fuck up, I ran numbers real fast, I could make back the cost of going in, like, two weeks, I'm like, oh, That's some serious shit i mean i'd fucking perform every fucking day if i could get booked every fucking day oh my fucking god And,
1: and think of it this way you don't have to go there and try to try to find the people sit home do your damn research on the clubs you know what i mean call the man tell him that you're coming down there and tell him what you want so so at least if you go down there you're not you're not wasting your time anyways. You know what I mean? Facts. I, I, it's it's a there's there's a lot of ways to handle this journey. And if you don't apply yourself, if you want to be a hood a hood ra- rapper, by all means, stay in stay in Ville Saint-Laurent, stay in uh, Texas, stay in the plateau and just rap, rap for the hood, rap for your Montreal people. Don't expand. Be 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 the city star. You know, be a city star. But if you really want to be in the game, and I'm not, I'm not a professional in the game, but I'm telling you, if you want to be in the game, if you want to be somebody more than what you are now, you have to leave. You have to go out there. You have to rep your city in places that your city ain't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what it is, and that, that is the number one rule I will drop today. You have to rep your city where your city is not.
0: Yeah, I fucking love that a lot, too that's something that i had to learn the hard way is that you actually have to rep your city like along the way it clicked that like hip-hop is a lot like a team sport and even music it's a lot like a team sport so like you want to have your home fans and then you want to go away and make home team like you know fans in other places for when you're away and shit but like if you're not repping your team nobody's gonna rally behind you
1: no it's one's gonna nobody, know. Gonna
0: yeah. and i'm like okay and uh and then I realized I start talking to people. I could tell them about shit. Like, yo, y'all know that, like, it's fucking weird to be English in Montreal, right? Like, it's fucking weird. And then it was like, yeah. oh, I never even heard of that shit. And I'm like, yo, it's weird. Y'all don't even know. Google that shit. It's fucked up. I start telling people about language issues and shit. But um, that's that's huge, right? Because it's not just go to the place and try to blend in and be the local artist guy. Nah, it's go there and be unapologetically Montreal with your shit. Uh, yes,
1: yes. Be very cocky, very, very, yo. That's it, man. Go there and just, just let, let, let yourself, let yourself show them who you are. You know what I mean? Like, like I can't, I can't go into the into the into the studio and meet peso peso and be a little a little scared boy in the corner. You know what I mean? Hi, how you doing? No, yeah, yo, I'm him. I'm legends. I'm the one that you agreed to have. You know what I mean? You have to come in there like that because these guys will eat you alive. That's another thing. They're very, very cocky. Like um, the rappers that make a lot of money are very, very, very cocky. But they'll still help you out if you show that you're you, you're the man. They'll still help you out. Mm. Like they're gonna they're gonna try you at first. They're gonna try you at first. Like uh, uh who are you? Da, 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 da. But if you could da, da 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 back and come at the same the same level as them with you
0: hard hard that is gonna fuck with you hard so not only do you go down there with a plan you go down there with a plan and then regardless to what you think of yourself you must be the man you must walk into that room you
1: have to be the man he's just putting he's putting a verse on 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 your track you know what i mean so you you, like i don't i don't go down when, when i'm doing a feature with an artist i don't go down there with a track i don't i don't have a track in mind you know what i mean you put on the freaking instrumental. You let this man drop his drop his thing, and then you construct a song around his verse or whatever he drops. Oh,
0: that's a big That's one. what I
1: do. That's what I do,
0: bro. That guy's I let gonna him love you forever after.
1: I say, I say you go in the booth first. He does his his verse, whatever he he drops on there. I make a song around that, and I implicate what he's doing in there that's the thing that's that's why when i go into the booth i try to make it the hardest thing that i've ever done because doing a normal rap song is so easy nowadays that i just want to try some different shit and that's what makes it complicated if you could if you could take someone else's words and turn that into a song with your own shit and you're doing something right
0: okay i feel what you're saying also just at like a strategic front right so think about that You're meeting somebody that thinks that is shit, but in another sense, there's probably a degree in the back of their mind where they know they're still trying to get bigger and better, and maybe not everybody treats them right. That's the other side of it. So what do you do when you build a song around their fucking verse? You're ultimately giving them the highest flattery. You're letting them write the song, in a sense. You're letting them dictate the flow of it. So it's like a power move to be like, in a sense... Strategically submissive while owning that shit, and it it's fucking yeah, amazing. I'm gonna
1: drop, drop down to where you want this song to be, but mind you, I'm doing I, I'm doing that so I could kill their verse as well. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I, there, there's no way that I'm I'm just gonna sit there like I need to I need to hear what they did as well. You know what I mean? Because I can make a song like let's let's say I constructed the song first, and then I let him jump in the booth. Mm. He might not know how to come on my vibe, and then the whole thing could go to shit. I'm not going there to waste time to make a shit sh- shit track. You know what I mean? I'm going there to make a track that I could freaking listen to myself instead of me making a track and then he drops a verse that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it kinda... I... So you do what you want to do to this beat that we bought and we, we agreed on. Then let me do my thing. You know, it's also because you want to construct a, a, a good song because you don't know how people could come on. You don't know how like like he could he could be good in all of his other songs, which why I why I agreed to work with him. But then when he sees me, he wants to just drop his his the weakest sixteen that you could ever hear. You know what I mean? Then you could always play with it.
0: I see what you're saying. That's also a good way to protect your investment. Yeah, I never would have thought about any of these things because again, like it's not a world I played a lot in. I barely like worked with people before last year on some I don't like people bullshit. And then I had to learn how to like play nice. And, and I think a lot of us are, are starting to do that. So like hearing from your experiences gives a lot of us, anyone who's going to listen to this, the toolkit a little bit more to manage situations like this, but it's even local. There's got to be people here local that are going to do shit, whatever. And if you can learn how to respect somebody and protect your investments better, you know, it creates a stronger culture. And part of why I think people have bad experiences, and sometimes when you listen to people who talk shit, the part that they never mention is like, I didn't ask the right questions ahead of time, which is some things like, you know, expectations weren't all managed correctly. So in a sense, you're engineering a situation where you get the best outcome possible, regardless of the other variables, rather than letting chance or random shit happen, which is maybe how a lot of other people might play a situation, and I really like that approach a lot
1: that's uh, that's what you say you said it the best, protecting your investment, you know what i mean it's it's uh, it, it it's a pretty penny to fly out there, you know what I mean, and then it's a pretty penny for the for the studio time, but once again, I was blessed to have somebody that was that was funding it behind me, you know,
0: yeah, but so- you you lose funding if you waste other people's money that like uh if i'm not mistaken mace uh used to record two tracks an hour and he became puff daddy special boy almost entirely not fully but like a huge part of it is he didn't waste no time in the studio so he saved puff a lot of money and then puff liked him yeah. more and these things actually matter especially when you're dealing with business people because business people are not artists i mean they might be artists but they are not artists when it comes to business people no very different like, like mindset. That,
1: that's a that's uh, and I I learned that I learned that <laughs> can't be. You're not you're not a businessman. Art yeah. A lot of artists can't fuck with the business part of things. I can't fuck with the business part of things. Like I mean, like I'm I'm bad with that.
0: Yeah, I um I've had to learn how to. I mean, I got lucky with my day job to learn a lot of business shit, but like frankly. I don't know that I should do the business side of my art. Cause yo, like when you really care about the art, you're like, fuck that. I want to do it for free. Cause I love it. And that's bad. Like you start thinking some shit and then people are like, you could just be making money off of it. You know, like, like I think a lot of people are like, I just want to perform. So they go to the bar and they do the show for free. They don't even think I could make $50 if I actually asked for $50, not saying it's every always going to happen. But if you start asking for money, somebody's going to say yes somebody's going to agree to it inevitably and it's like a lot of the value that we put on ourselves i don't think we we really appreciate it because we don't see those bigger experiences one of your bars that caught me i really fucking liked is i used to perform at your little shows something something now i can be like fuck no whatever and whatever and i was like no that sounds like a guy who went from fuck you and you're like i mean i could picture the shows literally um to like actually getting something for something and being like i don't really think this is worth the return on investment for me and i'm like that's some boss (laughs) ass shit right there and i was like respect so i'm like yeah, man. Just talking to you, it's like, yo, I don't think people think it's possible. Or then you get some normalization of the opposite happened. Now people pay to get tickets and shit. And I guess it's always been a thing. It's not really my cup of tea. If you can sell shit, go that route, I suppose. But like, so you
1: went, you went to all, you went to all the different genres, eh? The country. That was like kind of rock, rockish country song there.
0: That was amazing, dude. That was fucking great.
1: <laughs> Those are the things that I would that I, that I that I was kind of like. Uh, I didn't really want to put out, you know? So my manager just kind of put, like, dumped, like, he, like, there was, there was at one point, like, when, when everything went quiet, he kind of just dumped, like, like, there, you could see, like, some of the videos are, are all in the same time, like, like four months ago, four months yeah. ago, four months ago. He dumped, like, six videos at once, you know? Which wasn't a smart move because no one's going to watch six-year videos constantly, you know what I mean? So.
0: 50 uh, yeah, 50 uh, so something i learned about that where i think a lot of people have a misconception it's that most people won't do it but we forget the about attention. the people that will do it right so when we say nobody's gonna do it it might be that 99 percent of people won't do it and that's fine but yo one percent of people might do it and i realized yeah. that don't like one per yo. Know, most of my facebook don't give a fuck what i do but that small <laughs> chunk that fuck with what i do are really fun and the more I focus on the people that fuck with me, uh, I don't care about attention spans. I don't care about like the rules that people worry about. I just care about doing the things I think are going to be appealing to the fan base I'm trying to cultivate. All I care about is the fan that wants to listen to my shit. What do I have to worry about? All the people that don't have the attention and focus to give that exactly. shit. Right? Like, so I would say that it was anybody that fucks with you is going to be hella excited on the day to get six extra tracks out of nowhere from you. Whereas, you're right, maybe a lot of people don't, but, like, if you run it back in time or people who discover you now come and check it, you can easily listen to, like, 10 to 15 of your songs in a row. Um, Keep going and be like, yo, what the fuck? I had the, what the fuck is it going to sound like next experience going through your song. Like, a little bit of a lottery was happening, and it made me extra excited to hear the next one, so i don't know super easy to spend an hour with your shit. (laughs) you know what i mean
1: well i mean even even i guess i guess because a lot of it a lot of it's different you know there's a lot of different sounds it's not the same sound on everything but yeah so i'm trying to do the drip tapes coming out though that's my next that's the next project that's that's coming you know i ran into a bit of uh like uh what you say a, a, a brick wall you know because producers and then this guy had a problem with his studio where i was recording and all that but it's coming out drip tape
0: mm, what's the drip tape
1: drip tape is the new is the new uh, album that i'm dropping you know it's a mixtape. it's it's kind of it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna hit different genres it's gonna it's gonna i i think this is gonna be one of my best projects that i'm gonna be putting out because i'm kind of doing it on my own you know like i i told uh, like uh like on my own meaning that I'm trying different producers, I'm going to different studios, seeing how different people record me, seeing how people could, you know what I mean? Like seeing seeing how, how much better my voice could get than just staying in my own little bubble with my normal producer, you know, the normal people. So I'm just expanding. i just trying, testing new waters, you know?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point still is the idea of, well, I mean market research, Right market research is not something a lot of people fucks with i find where they do the thing where they test the waters a lot before committing to an idea or a strategy or a move so in a sense rather than saying um i'm gonna go run this path on this particular situation or i'm gonna commit to the first guy i see which you are the number of people i know that committed to the first guy they fucking ever went to is astounding to me um but like you're going out there and seeing what you like best you're looking for like the right fit in a sense, and that's a fucking interesting way to play the situation. It's in a, I mean, it probably maybe because it costs a little more to invest like that. Maybe if you don't like it, you don't use it type thing. But like, still, it sounds really like a way to evolve. That's worth doing. Um, yeah. Who Who would you?
1: Evolution is the key. Who... If you ain't if you ain't, evolu- if you ain't if you ain't evolving, I mean, that's what, that's what I said you're gonna be staying in the same little bubble, which. Could be good if that's what if that's what you want to roll with, but I think I think uh, evolution is the most important. You know, evolving with your craft, evolving with the people that you that you have a relationship with. It, it, it's all about evolution. If you're not evolving, you're staying in the same place. You know what I mean?
0: So, so who are some of the studios that you've had good experiences with then?
1: Uh, the studios where I had good experiences. Yeah, Misfit Paradise that's that's a, that's a little a little uh it's like a home studio but it it's like in a home so it's not really a home studio it has a uh, professional equipment this 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 kid devis devin <laughs> this guy knows how to record uh like knows how to re- know he he basically he doesn't want his name on shit so when he's recording you he's gonna have input he's gonna tell you exactly like you know if if you fuck up or you know what I mean? And the thing is with his studio is, you know how like you have the, uh, the echo, like the, the kickback, like you can't hear yourself in his, in his earphones. So basically it's like, you're just testing your voice. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if you know, if you know what I'm saying. See, like, I do. Okay. No... Okay.
0: So I do, because what happened was my engineer, I always heard myself. You like, you hear it. Like that seems to be yeah. normal. Then I got, went home with it. I, I mean, I do it here now a lot and I never learned how to set that feature up. So I don't know to how to, to hear myself. So I don't know how sure. to do it in my headphones. So it got to the point where I went back to my guy and I'm like, dude, turn that shit off. I don't know how to rap with that shit. No, I can't. It was throwing me off to hear myself. So now well, I can only do it without like hearing myself. Without
1: the sound, eh? I can't do I learned, it with that. I it. Now, now I, I, I've, I've learned how to, um, like, it's like you're training your voice more because mm. you don't know how it's going to sound until you spit it and hear it off the off the speaker you know what I mean yeah very very that's a very 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 hard way of recording but I guess I like it because as I said I like to make everything extra hard in the booth so it, it's it's actually a a beneficial it's actually beneficial for me I like it
0: I like it too um I mean it took a bit to get used to uh I mean uh, oh yeah
1: the, um, but like first yeah.
0: now it's like I'm real confident with my flow I don't doubt it. I'm literally doing off the dome projects like live on Twitch. I'm just fucking recording tracks of track after track or whatever. And it's like, I don't have to worry. I know that I've done this so long that like, I can just run it. And worst case, it sounds like shit. And I hit delete, do it again type thing.
1: Do it again, yeah.
0: And, uh, nah, but like putting the voice back, I was like, Man. So sometimes what I'll do is like, if I'm trying to align takes, like I like to layer up choruses. I'll take that first take. And I'll, like, leave it, and I'll rap to that. And I feel like that's a little different. But hearing what I'm recording live, I don't know. Like, the actual input fucks me up. I, just I hear you. Um, so, yo, what's it like being in Jamaica and, like, music there? What's the vibe like? Because I know you went down there for a minute, too.
1: The vibe there is amazing. Every Everybody everybody in Jamaica, believe it or not, is a is a it has musical talent you could you could ask the guy at the corner of the street selling beads to do like to drop a one two and he's gonna drop the sickest flow just from his mouth just you know you probably you probably even tap on a fence and just like everyone's so musically like uh, involved there it's it's amazing everybody like jamaica jamaica's a special place you know and one of the best things about Jamaica is when I went there, I, I, uh, I bucked up with um, Teddy Brockshot. Like, I, for everyone who watched Shot does, you know, uh, Teddy Brockshot, Louis Rankin, he's a Grammy songwriter there, you know, rest in peace, Louis. But I walked, going around with him in Jamaica, uh, I don't know, but, but Jamaica, it, to ask how it is, it's, a, it's amazing. I went to headline some shows there with, with Louis Rankin, you know what I mean, at the little bars. It's so much different, like, because the bars are like outdoor. You know, there's a little piece inside, and then it's like outdoor. There's all all these people will just stop what they're doing to watch you. Like they're gonna they they, they always want to hear what you have. You know, uh, man, Jamaica's something something special, man. Yeah, that's definitely... especially when you're going back to the music scene. But then again, you can't go to a you can't go to a resort and stay and stay in the uh, the all-inclusive resort and and do a musical. It's not gonna work. You know, you have to go out and explore.
0: That's fair. Um, I, I would not go and explore Jamaica without people that were telling me I can go down there and well, explore well, Jamaica. Well, there <laughs> you know,
1: like, yeah, so yeah. You're with him. He, uh, he's a top shot, you know? Like,
0: yeah, that makes a lot like, of sense. Um, no, that's incredible. Uh, where are some places you want to go next? Like, where are some, like, you feel you need to visit since, like, the sky's the limit, essentially?
1: Well, like... California. When I when I went there, like I, I need to go back down there because there there the the amount of money that I've seen being like distributed and and with the the amount of people that are so invested in the in the rap game, it's 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 overwhelming. But for a place that I want to go now, um, I haven't really I haven't really uh, gotten too much business in New York. You know what I mean, like. This is this is this, this, this that was my last that was my my stop that was gonna come before March or before the COVID thing. I want to go to New York. I want to see what they're all about. You know what I mean? In New York, because I think in New York, I could get a lot of shit done. Mm. I, I, actually, I, I no, I think I'm guarantee I could get a lot of shit done in New York.
0: My homie is um in uh, the Bronx right now. I ended up linking up okay. with this man in the Bronx. I'm not gonna lie, man. Working with a dude down there absolutely impacted my perspective and my confidence because you can't not he's just like shut the fuck up what's wrong with you every time you say anything that sounds weak right you can't say weak shit in new york but then he was flat out telling me bro if you're broke in new york it's because you want to be broke in new york anybody that wants to make money in new york can make money in new york and i'm like that's a super interesting philosophy right that's not something you hear a lot of anybody that wants to make money can go make it there is what he's saying and so i definitely think you go find opportunity up in that like i don't know how easy or hard it is but i definitely believe it's available and that anybody can go down and create the right connections with the right attitudes and fucking find what you're looking for
1: i was actually i was actually um like uh not trying to brag but i was actually in talks with uh with JadaKiss kiss in in him and yeah i swear it's all of it like i, I was i was in talks with JadaKiss kiss because um what happened was uh Actually, it, it happened. I, I DM'd him, like on it, on uh, on Instagram, just like that. Just like da 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 I sent him one of the freestyles I did because I knew I was I, I knew I was versatile. You know what I mean? I wanted him to hear it. I never expected in a thousand years that this guy would even answer my DM. So then it came to a point where he was like, "Yo, what's good?" And I was like, "No fucking way!" I thought someone was playing with me. I uh, checked the check the Instagram did, like three or four times. It's him. So then I wrote him back. I was like, Yo, oh, I'm an artist. I'm trying to make it. I, I want to get into the game. I don't have, uh, I don't have the 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 boost that I need yet to to actually make it bigger than what I am. And I told him like, Yo, listen, uh, fuck, I need some help, you know. And then he he was he was willing to help me. So he wanted he wanted me to um, to basically um, make a tape, give him the tape. He wanted to tie it to his name, make some money. Uh, I can make some money off of it. He was gonna shout out, do his shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know what it is, yo. Shout out my name and stuff. And uh, yeah, and uh, that 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 deal that deal till this day is still on the table. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's serious. Still, mean, you- uh,
1: that's 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 why that's why that's why I'm confident right now. You know what I mean? Because if people, if I could send my one of my little freestyle videos to someone like Jadakiss. And for him to acknowledge it and to answer me back, uh, like that—that—that—that's where my confidence and my cocky just it grew up. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, like that's it. So yeah. One, what That's my idol, J D. Kiss. I, I fucking, I fucked with him all my life. Like D Block. When I started to actually get listen to rap, you know, like that D Block. That was my whole thing. Like J D. Kiss is one of my idols. Like one of my top 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 five
0: yeah who are the other ones in your top five
1: uh, i don't have a, i don't have five amazing i have i have three like uh me i like uh jade kiss i like joel santana and uh believe it or not i like uh like young thug i like Young, Doug.
0: <laughs> I like young oh. Doug a lot more than people might expect <laughs> he's got a vibe kevin
1: evan gates okay. is a genius that those are my those are my four. I don't even have five. Like Biggie, Biggie and Tupac. Okay, everyone listens to them. They don't really count in a top five because they're just, they're they're they're, you know, you can't fuck with them, you know. But for four for four, of the the most greatest artists, that I think. Yeah, J D. Kiss, Young Doug, Joel Santana, Kevin case yeah. they're all they're all lyricists.
0: Yeah, fucks with that. Um, okay, so what? <clears throat> When do you um what do you foresee yourself doing within Montreal or do you foresee yourself doing things within the city?
1: I would like to like I don't know, it's kinda hard for me to get anywhere in this city because the people that are controlling like the shows, the the events, the the you know what I mean, The, the outside murals, they're all in the same crew. Like they're all in the same the same bubble. So it's hard for you to break into that. So I don't know, I I would like I would like to, to to headline more shows, like I would like to like headline the outside festivals, like when they're starting to open up, obviously again. But like, yeah, but I don't know, man. I I don't I like tell you the truth. It's it's easier for me to make it elsewhere, you know, and and fucking rep Montreal out there, you
0: know. That's a completely fair approach, does it's almost like. Across the board, we uh, need both sides of that. Um, I don't know. I
1: I wish, I wish I I wish like I knew the people that were that were like that were setting up these events or anything. You know, I would like to fucking I would like to fuck with a lot of people here. It's just the communication. You know, like a lot of people with my manager. Like uh, he wanted he, he wanted me to do some some tracks with artists down here, and all he all he wanted from from these artists was for them to sign a contract to, you know, the normal way, the real business way, sign a contract, da-da-da-da-da, for a verse or, for, like, you know what I mean? And it's the hood the hood rappers that don't want to sign the paper. No, 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 we just do the track, we just do the, you know what I mean? So right there, if no one wants to sign a paper, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, it's weird.
0: I definitely, um, yeah, I don't know sometimes i'm like i'm not gonna comment i don't have anything to say about that <laughs> but like uh it's a fair point i definitely find uh what i encountered is not everyone likes instagram depending on their lifestyle and certain lifestyles don't like encourage the use of social media right because i was like talking about everybody going on do your shit play your social media game right type thing but yeah no i i definitely appreciate what you're saying um I don't know who the clique is, but I've always felt like there's a clique that I'm not a part of in this city. That I, And I did myself no fucking favors back in the day, so whatever, whatever. But now I'm just, like, trying to scope out everything. Because I agree with you. There's a weird, like... There's, like, I realize there's so many people like just the raw number of talent the demographics of the situation like if there's half a million fucking english people in the greater montreal area and that's not even if i looked it up and i ran the numbers there's about half a million people we are bigger Um, than like that that number alone is bigger than these small ass fucking towns that have like whatever that's bigger than scenes in places we think is fucking hot which made me go forget the French people. There's just that many English people up inside the city. Okay, that's I didn't even
1: know
0: that. so it's like that's the thing. It's like we don't even realize that it's viable here. NDG is 166,000 people. I promise most of that shit's English. That's not a French hood. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. So it's like how come we just like ignore all this and just like ignore it? Like, it just doesn't exist or anything. It's so baffling to me. And it's it is it
1: it is like you know what there's no answer to that there's like i i i have no
0: i have one answer i don't don't know you can't google it you try to google it you one day we all tried to google it there's that one montreal rapper list from like back in the fucking day that ain't been updated in forever and there's like nothing you type montreal hip-hop into shit you see these lists you see these people and it's really not like proportionate of whatever i found a way to find montreal rappers via spotify you check the fucking monthly listeners and see where they're from anybody that's got a bunch of laval and montreal and shit they're from here you watch the features i managed to like build out a playlist of some shit ain't nobody okay. heard of most of these fucking people but the fact that i was able to fill up uh, i filled 11 hours of montreal and nobody has more than like two tracks on that shit so it's like okay i found all that and that's a fraction of english montreal And I'm like, all right, so there's no way to Google this shit. And there's that many motherfuckers in the city, which means that if you're not in the scene, you literally aren't lying when you're like, bro, everybody I know is a rapper because you literally see probably if you're not in the scene, all these rappers constantly posting all the time. So we're not even like cognizant of the reality of the fans and shit. And so it's just this weird situation where nobody knows what the fuck is even happening here. And everybody's talking shit with paid ads and shit.
1: Yeah. Like, like this, the smallest places like Hamilton, Hamilton, I went to Hamilton, uh, the university up there, you know, Magic Mike. Them guys, man, like it's such a small place, but everyone's so, everyone's invested in, you know, in, in the art and everyone wants to be a part of it. Like it's, it's yeah, It's you're right. It, it's weird. It's weird. Montreal, it has a weird vibe with that, with that type of stuff, but uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess everyone's just content with the, with how it is, you know.
0: Young ones is hot. I don't. I, when we say all this, I want to throw down a heavy millennial attitude that I've encountered at older. But like the 20-year-olds that I've talked to, they collaborate. Like This man's I met, this Drew guy, he's in the West Island. It's a lot of these kids in the West Island. Not the hood guys, but the other side of it. Yeah. And he managed to find enough Montreal to make a 17-track Montreal tape. This guy just coordinated oh. it and did that. Just a bunch of people he met. I interviewed him. I know he's fucking legit. We went like four fucking hours. That guy was just spitting facts and then followed up. And from what I understand, he's leading this pack of people in this Instagram group chat, like 30 to 40 collaborators, video people, engineers, beat makers, everybody. I'm like, yo, old people, what the fuck are we doing? How are they all doing this? (laughs) What? (laughs) How are they all doing this?
1: we're stuck in our ways, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, young and yeah, young and have some, have some good sound coming in. I, I know a few, I know a few hot, hot uh, you know, young that are, that are doing their, doing their thing, you know?
0: So I'm like, there's definitely opportunities. I'm working on my shit. I feel like I'll go collect all the weirdo outcast types. And we going to fucking run our shit over here. Cause there's definitely enough opportunity in this. Cause like, that's, I think part of it too is, um, How many people like really want to like carve a lane like there's a good chance that you and me at the same show it might not be like the best match of our fans regardless of what we could do artistically my fans might not fully get what you do and your fans might be like who the fuck's this dude that's a reality and i feel like to a degree the city also a little bit needs to figure out lanes in a more defined way right like Like does it make sense to just throw fifteen unrelated genres on the same act just because they're fish That's
1: that's how every show is in Montreal though. As long as you're selling tickets, they're gonna put they're gonna put the guy that, that, that has two two words in his track with a guy that's that's really focused on his tracks and makes a whole like, you know, list and it you know, it doesn't really mesh.
0: Yeah, it was it was a hard lesson for me. I had to stop I stopped doing things where like, Or I stopped inviting people to things. It wasn't that I stopped doing things. I would do the show, but I would just not really try to sell anybody tickets to it. Because I'm like, yo, um, I brought people from my office to a show and a fight broke out. And then they went back to work and told everybody about it. And then nobody came to my shows for a year. A year for these people to not feel like they had to wait long enough for them to feel I chose better shows in their mind. and shit. I was like, that's a real fucking thing. So it made me really reconsider a lot about opportunities, and I'm like, hmm. So, that means it doesn't make sense to throw everybody, because the fans are the fans. We can't control the fans' reactions, and we focus so much on the artist's reactions, you know? Anyway. Like, so this is like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm kind of, like, thinking about and trying to figure out and talking to people and, like, hearing everybody's experiences and throwing it together. Like, I don't think right now, like, nobody's going to get paid like a thousand dollars to do a show right now in Montreal, but like, how do we build an ecosystem that five years from now, everybody's getting paid a thousand dollars to do a show because that's possible.
1: The youngins have to bring it up. The youngins have to do that. You know, I guess the new, the new generation that's going to come in after us, they need to, they need to figure out a new way. You know, they need to take, uh, take some, take some sauce from the other places, you know, (laughs) <laughs> i think I uh
0: they need us and we need them it's more like uh we gotta get well i'm like let's say you're gonna go out there and do some shit i i kind of like my day job right now i could go do a one two tour here and there and i'm going to set that up now that you fucking told me is that i'm like oh fuck that i'm gonna go fucking figure do that it, out that but you know, i also have like a really solid deal in terms of just the educational component of what i do for a living is very powerful at this juncture of my life But then i'm sitting here going okay but if i go fucking link up with a bunch of young people i can help them and they can help me and if more people in my age group stop trying to be superstars here at least you want to be a superstar go somewhere else and i mean that like a lot of people can go elsewhere and probably go achieve some of their more superstar dreams and they're going to find here just on the fact that the fiscals don't make sense for it in montreal but if instead um People focused on elevating the youth, and they focused on kind of working together. We all coordinated squads. Like, yo, if the West Island talked to Indy G, talked to Downtown, talked to this, it would like, yo, in five years, we could all be making a lot more That's
1: bread. The that doesn't happen. That's the shit that doesn't happen, you know? Yet.
0: We got to throw that yeah, Because like if we say it never happens, it never happens. So it can happen. It's starting to happen. It can
1: happen, yes.
0: It's starting it hasn't to.
1: happened yet. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's true.
0: And I think it happened for a quick minute in, like, 2008-9. Like, there was a little bit of bubbling back in the Bad News Brown era where, like, there really was a degree of cohesion across the various cities until it maybe didn't follow up properly. But, like, there was pockets that is happening. It's not like it's not possible. There's a little bit of blueprints that exist. But I think part of it, though, is it takes somebody like you, To go out there and see how other people do shit Then you come back and you talk to a person Like me and I'm like oh we can go Do this then I'm gonna go fucking talk To everybody and their fucking brother And in my position maybe I can have a little Influence in some other people's thinking And then they go have some influence and you know A couple years down the line We start planting seeds that show People how they can have a lot more confidence In their game here That's why it's so important I think to get Your experiences and shit I don't know what other tips you have for dealing with people in the states, because <laughs> that's another. Well, thing. I mean,
1: look, you have to go. You have to. You have to be cocky, man. You have to. You have to go there and, and like, you know, you, you know your. You know your talent, right? You have to take your talent and and you know be the best that you can be with what you are. You know, that's it. You yeah. also have to play your part. You know what I mean. Everyone. Everyone. Everyone plays their 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 part. You know what I mean. Like you have to. You have to play the game. You're going there. You're going there. You're going to meet a bunch of gangsters with with uh, with guns in the room. You're not. You're not going to play the 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 sophisticated uh, college college kid. You know what I mean? You got to. You got to play. You got to play your gangster card. You know what I mean? You have to. You have to. You have to mimic. You have to mimic. Mimic what you see, basically, but also, but don't mimic till you, where you're copying. Mimic, but mimic to what you are, like to to where to to the extent that you can. Right. Just don't come
0: like i wouldn't advise uh
1: you're not gangster at all
0: yeah i'm not just
1: talking just you know what i mean just you you won't be you won't be going to feature with them that's what i'm saying yeah
0: no but there's other people that would be there that have other vibes and other things that you can go find that you would be in where it was there you go it's
1: a bigger city there's a thousand like in these little towns we like our little towns what we have like a thousand people three thousand people let's say in little like uh Oshawa, Ontario or those little those little places, you know, Gananoque, Ontario, but, uh, in their little towns, they have thousands and thousands of people, more opportunities, more people that are open minded to listen, you know what I mean? And I, I guess it's, I guess it's just, you know, more opportunities down there that that that's for sure.
0: Yeah, but that's still like still powerful. Um, and just like you said, people need to travel and go out there and see it. And what's super nifty is you did all of this without really leveraging, like, yo, I got to be whatever, whatever on social media. You use social media in a particular way, the network. But, like, you're not really, like, sitting there being all, like, trying to be the coolest on Facebook and shit.
1: Nah, I, I don't know. Um, my, social, my social media presence is... Basically I'm not I'm not on live a lot like I don't I don't do these live things I don't really freaking come on uh, like I'll put on my music you know swipe up you, you get you get my music but I don't know uh, I want to start like doing more lives you know what I mean and uh, this and that but I don't know it's just it's just not, I, I didn't th- I didn't think it was a good time you know while the pandemic's going on you know to be on live and this and that I don't know it's just it was never one of my forte is to show off and shit like that, you know. It's just do what I gotta do, and then and then, my talent will speak for itself.
0: It's not necessarily showing off, even. Um, I feel like even across this conversation, I get to like know you better. Like your music gives a part of you, but like the lives, it shows like the you behind the scenes. And I'd say the one thing that's that, that, that's it a
1: lot of people like a lot of people like to see that you know that's where you gain your followers there from the from the the back end because people like to, people people like to see what you're doing and they don't like sometimes they don't just want to hear your music they want to see what you're doing they want to see you make a track or they want to see you do something stupid so that they could you know what i mean they could engage with you like that you know i hear you
0: and uh i'd say it's even more like half the game has shifted from talent to that like your ability to be interesting and you've managed to be interesting in ways like having great visuals that flex in ways that are different it's not just that you have fucking videos it's that you have videos in like different cities all over and you're like what the fuck like that's a flex right like that creates a degree of interest now imagine simultaneous to that there's legend vlogs and every like day you're down there you're putting up like a five minute thing Yo, I'm telling you, my investment in that mother even even watching that short video of you doing that meeting with the dude made me care more about the song with the dude. I can't. Remember. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I hear. I hear where you're going. And it's no. Like, that, I mean. Yeah.
0: So it's like you're right. I I mean I'm not even saying it because it was my first thought. It's just I'm not one to fight like gravity as they say. If everybody's going in that direction, it doesn't mean I have to trend hop, but maybe like being a human might be more to flex than being like, not, not to say like entirely, but like, however, you, you gotta be like more than just a rapper, right? Like, it, it's not like, it's not the same requirements these days from the marketing front.
1: I don't mean to cut this interview short, but yeah, bro, like there's like, some <laughs> a lot of shit, but, um, yeah.
0: Fair enough, man. If you gotta go do your thing, we can totally wrap that shit up. Um, no, um, so yo, when uh, what what do you have coming in the near future? And any kind of like last words you want to leave the people with?
1: Well, look, uh, I have I have my drip tape, you know, drip tape coming out. You know, uh, it's gonna be within the next within the next month. I'm gonna have that out. It's new genres. It's hitting. It's hitting. Like it's hitting everything that it's hitting the the genres that I haven't hit. And it's also going back into, like, uh, the old school, you know, the old school me, you know. Um, And, yeah, as I said, I'm going to try to do more lives. I'm going to try to get on uh, Instagram Live a lot more, you know. If you don't know where it is, it's Legends 514. You know, follow that Instagram. You know, you're going to have more updates on the drip tape. Legends GC on YouTube, you know. I'm just going to keep pushing for y'all, you know what I mean? I'm going to keep pushing for y'all.
0: Yo, appreciate that stills and yo, thank y'all for watching this that are there with us on the live appreciate everybody in the future that checks it out um y'all make it kind of worth it because at the end of the day otherwise it's just us talking and thank you for coming through legends sharing your story yep. with us it's an amazing experience that we all had definitely had this up on the YouTubes and everything later so y'all make sure to like follow subscribe when you're watching this in the future and, yeah, special thanks to the patrons. This is Milkidam, Secrets, Power John, to Brian Siege, Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, Scribble, the dope support what we do. If you want to support what we do, patreon.com slash behind that suit. Lionel on everyone, it's been great. and Live long and prosper, everyone. See so, ya. Yeah,
1: yeah we, get, we get the bridge here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, man. Yo. If you know what it is? Peace, to everybody. Take care, man. See ha- you. Have a great day.